I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're... The, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds! Nerds. Greetings, Irreverent Nerds! How you doing? Uh, greetings, Scrooge. I'm Scrooge. sorry, I'm doing a beagle boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Yes, it was terrible. I think I'm trying to do oh. Craig Ferguson a little more than... Scrooge McDuck. You are but, right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Your famous, <laughs> your famous uh, Irish Scottish character of mine. What is that, Scrooge? That you know, one, we're off topic. We're completely off topic. Scrooge, Scrooge is from Scotland. Scotland. I'm okay, pretty sorry. sure. Yeah. That's right. I, I thought so, but I was getting confused. For the longest time, I couldn't do a Scottish accent, but I've gotten better at it over the years. I tell you what, what you helped. Just keep. You just keep moving back and forth from the different Scottish dialects. <laughs> <laughs> what what helped was uh, At least watching you can do it, though. <laughs> oh, Broadchurch. Have you ever seen Broadchurch? No, but it sounds familiar. Well, it's got the guy the that was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, there is a church involved, but n- not a lot. Um, okay. <laughs> but no, the uh, the actor from there, he, he played Doctor Who. Before before Adam Smith, what's his name? Oh, I recognize his name. He was also in Harry Potter. I can't think of his name. He's skinny as old. Get out, Ron. I don't know. No, not Ron. Darn it, I can't think of it. Anyway, yeah. If you if you watch anything with him in it, and he's using his real accent, it's hard not to talk like him after you're done, because it's really strong Scottish (laughs) Scottish accent. You know, you, you know what Scottish person my wife loves? Uh, Gerard Butler. It. No, I forgot no. her name. Shoot, dang it, she's on WWE. <laughs> WWE. Yeah, her favorite wrestler. <laughs> Shoot, dang it, if I if I don't remember now, we just don't remember these Scottish names. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, and it, there's a couple of people like. His accent's easier to do than, say, James McAvoy's or, or uh, let's see who else, um, Ewan McGregor. You know, there's this, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, it's a little good. tougher to, to do theirs. It's not as strong, perhaps, or just, I don't know what it is. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so that was, that was random and unplanned. <laughs> well, um, that, that's the best part of our podcast, except... <laughs> We don't have time for the actual content, which is sad. <laughs> this is the content, Will. This is the content. You know. There no, as content. I've as I've said before, I'm I'm from Scot <laughs> well, so to speak. I've got Scottish blood in me. Thirty five percent of me blood is from Scotland. Huh. I don't know if they say me blood there or not. Probably not, but <laughs> my blood. Manny's how do you say it? Irish, huh? I used to think Irish. I was then I took the genetic test and I found out I don't have a lot of Irish in me, unfortunately. Well, supposedly. Anyway, uh, I am eight percent. I am eight percent Norwegian, though. Norwegian. Yeah, or like Nordic, I guess. Nordic. All the same general area, you know, Western European. No surprise there. You can bring <laughs> back. You can bring back the uh, Norse religion. <laughs> I tell you. I don't know what it is about your your lighting, Will, but your your skin color is so much nicer than mine. Okay, mine always, <laughs> mine always, 
<laughs> Mine always comes off really pale. Um, oh, that's because either... I work out in the sun, bro. Uh, I'm a nerd, but I'm a nerd forced to work in the sun. All day that's long. true. You, you you do work out in the sun somewhat, and I and I, I do work this, in farmer's tan. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I get a farmer's tan, it's mostly from driving. So. <laughs> Well, I sit in my car most of the time, so draw, drawing while I'm at work, so my right uh, arm is more tanned than my left. So yes. I know what you mean. You're, you're getting me to do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, hey, just a, hey, nerds. No. <laughs> so, nerds, we, uh, nerds. in contrast to the accent I started Language off the doesn't. episode with, we are we are talking quite a few different things, Japan or uh, today so our, our main that would have made so much more sense if you start with some sort of japanese oh. accent that's yep. not like completely totally stereotypical and i know yeah see that <laughs> that I'm, I'm not as good at, at japanese i'm sorry we're having a lot of storms and flash flood warnings over here ah uh, so. yes yes yeah it already passed through my area it must be hitting uh the camel's anus over there <laughs> What have I? What have I started? <laughs> I've created a monster. A monster. Monster. Okay, yeah. I tell you, it has a really strong broke in Ducktales. It's not, uh, not, not as much Scrooge as a uh, Glomgold. I know Glomgold. Oh, Scrooge. Original. Scrooge. The original series or the new one? Actually, I guess they both do. There's just different. Okay. Um. I really need to go get the comics by Carl Barks. I really do. I have just and the other and the other Scrooge McDuck Donald artists. Wait, Mark. Carl Barth did comics? This no, is new Barth. to me. <laughs> Carl Barth? <laughs> no, never mind. It, it was the comic that DuckTales is loosely based on. Sorry, that, that was a uh former theology nerd yeah. joke I threw oh, in there. Okay. Carl Barth. Um Presbyterians will know who I'm talking okay. about. <laughs> I don't know. I know who Paul is. There you go. <laughs> Uh, there's um, this there's this two thousand year gap of history that I haven't studied. <laughs> by the way, we got we got off track again. I was trying to tell people what we're going to be talking okay. about today. Um, yes, that's that's my fault though. I think um, as as we we, have fun with it. <laughs> we are talking about anime, anime, that's right. anime. anime. So not to be confused with enema. <laughs> Which is how my art teacher in college, in animation college, pronounced it. This town, this town needs an enema. No. Yep. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out if she really thought it was pronounced enema or if she was actually trying to slander it. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, well, didn't stop I, to ask. That's, that occasionally, something <laughs> like that occasionally happens when I try, try to say anem- anemone. See, I can't even say it now. Anemone. 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 Anyway, so we are talking about the anime series currently playing on both Netflix and Hulu. I uh, don't know what other streaming platforms it's on, but I watched it on Netflix. We'll watch it on Hulu. We, Hulu. we are talking about the first two episodes of the series Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. That's right. I, I and, love a lot of anime, but this one's new to me. And to be more precise, let's see, because I don't know if there's other series. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu so. no Yaba. Yaiba? I don't know. Yaiba, Yaba, you you would know better than I would how to. The, the original it. series, right? I think I don't know. Uh, it's from it started in 2019, so I don't yeah. know how far back 
it goes. Uh, well, um, well, from what I'm reading, not reading, from the episodes I watched, it appears to be the original series. I don't, I meant to watch like a YouTube video or looked up information about the different series. All I know is that Hulu has three different Demon Slayers on it. Okay. And I chose the one that looked like the original series. And so, yeah, we well, probably one, watched the same thing. <laughs> we, we did. You showed me the screenshot. Yeah. We watched first two episodes and uh anyway that that's coming up later okay and uh we're also going to talk about our top three favorite anime films and series oh and well i'm kidding films we'll have to do a series another day um and for this week's japan jaunt you are talking about you want to tell us Oh, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I am doing a review on a uh, short review on Ghostbusters, Ghostbusted from Tokyo Pop. Yes, there is a Ghostbusters manga. And there are other Ghostbusters Japanese things out there, but this is what we're focusing on today. It's technically cheating because it's an American manga, but you know, the art style is manga, and it's an excuse to talk about Ghostbusters. Hey, any excuse to talk about Ghostbusters? Will will take will. it. Yeah. That's all right. So that's coming up for Japan, John. And then sci-fi focus. I am going to talk about the Stranger Things season four finale. Uh, so that'll be the oh, very cool. final segment of the episode. But for now, man, what's uh, what's going on in your life? Anything well, interesting? Well, Mandy was going to have to wait till October. Uh, her nerve test came back that there is no neurological source of her polyneuropathy. Hmm. She was going to have to wait till October to see the uh, rheumatoid arth- uh, rheumatologist. Uh, mm-hmm. rheum- arth- uh, rheumatoid arthritis is a type of autoimmune disorder mm-hmm. that may be causing polyneuropathy. I don't mm-hmm. know what that noise was. Uh, but um, but after they looked at her symptoms, they said, come immediately. So, she's, so her appointment is tomorrow. Yeah, ah, that's good and bad, but good. Yeah, that's, that's a little scary when the, when the doctors tell you like come tomorrow. Like, so hopefully that's yeah. not ominous, but it's good <laughs> good that they're getting her in right away. Well, so that's great. they told her not to worry too much about it. Uh, uh, maybe they just th- happen to have an opening tomorrow. Well, they did say it was because the doctor saw her symptoms list, but yes, yeah, she they said mm. don't worry too much about it. But I'm glad that she'll be starting uh, with that doctor tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm just uh, I'm working on commissions, uh, art commissions from Monet. Uh, I've been working on this real Ghostbusters fan art for somebody, but it's the big hush touch for the secret for the who he's going to give it to. And I, you know, just in case they watch the podcast. Uh, but in general, you know, life is good. Life is good. Uh, just celebrate the Fourth of July. Yeah fireworks see them every year <laughs> yeah yeah we <clears throat> we didn't do a whole lot um i didn't feel a whole lot like celebrating this year to be honest with you but but yeah we i think the the most we did in terms of fireworks like we were at the park that morning cool. with cool. family and my brother-in-law brought a few tiny little like i don't know what you call those like not sparklers but the you put them on the ground and it like fires off sort of like a firework volcano you know it's like oh, okay ah, yeah, yeah I, I, 
think some people called that dog poop or snake <laughs> um he he made it fun for the for the kids though the kids enjoyed it i'm glad and uh and yeah like aside from that the closest that my wife and i got to fireworks aside from hearing the ones outside uh all day was uh watching the stranger things finale so it's like we we finished that series that was how we that's how we celebrated our independence day (laughs) so well that sounds pretty cool actually yeah, so that that uh, I'm trying to think, I don't think anything else profound happened. Like, I did have uh, a few big changes coming down on some of my other content creation. You know, that side of that side of my content world. Uh, I went. I'm going to a monthly release schedule for my um, YouTube channel, The Empathic Ecologist, and uh, I'm and I officially launched my Patreon uh, this past week. Ooh. Which is, is that Patreon for the uh, empathic oncologist? Right now, that's that's primarily what it's linked to, but it, it just has my name on it. So, like, if you search cool. for Richard Best, like, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of the empathic ecologist. You know, anybody who wants to support me, I will gladly take your money. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but uh, at, at this point, the the content on there is is directly linked to the empathic ecologist cool. YouTube channel. Like, I um took a bunch of the took the archives from the channel and uh put them the links on patreon so that like essentially like about two-thirds of my video library which i had a lot of content up there and not all of it was high quality some of it was just like i put my phone up in my car and talked about what i was thinking that morning you know just basic vlog type stuff but yeah the majority of it of it is up there and then everything from the empathic ecologist series is, is still on the channel and I'm going to be trying focusing the channel more in that direction, more towards ecology, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so I'm a little little nervous about how it's going to turn out, but uh, excited at the same time. Well, don't get too discouraged. I've got like three patrons on my Patreon. Hey, that's one I have. <laughs> yep, just uh, take all, take all, take everything as a win. Don't don't expect if you get like 50 patrons, I'm going to cheer you on. But don't get discouraged, you know, because you know it might be slow going. Oh yeah, it's it's a process. I, I just heard I was watching a YouTube video on how to um, grow your following, and the guy that was on there talked about. I guess I guess this particular person, something beast, beast. Something, I'd never heard of him to be honest, but uh, supposedly one of the, the most popular. He's uh, probably one of the gamer youtubers but he's one of the most popular youtubers and um i think he said he makes something ridiculous like one million dollars a month Just, i was like that it's a lie <laughs> that sounds a bit much but you, who knows uh, who but knows? but apparently like it took him five years to get to where he was making much money like so it was a long journey for him so i was like I okay find him in the back alley <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he put a lot of hard work into that though and, and he probably had a number of times where he thought about giving up i would imagine like it took five years oh uh, i don't know if it took five well, years for him to make any him. money but definitely to get to that level it took him it took a long time good for him um, i guess i've been a cartoonist yeah. for i i have been officially doing uh, professional grade artwork as a cartoonist for 12 years now. 
and I make seven some dollars a month on my Patreon. <laughs> so my apologies, a little bit of jealousy there. <laughs> no, I hear you, but we're not here. We're not here to talk about money. Yeah, I'm just um, yeah, I'm just joking with you. I'm not really the artwork. I mean, I don't know what this other guy does who, who you're talking about, Mr. Beast, but uh, Mr. Beast. But I for me, the artwork. Oh really? Is there actually Mr. Well, not not his okay. like actual name, but like on YouTube, I think. I'm not concerned about the money. Like I love the art. I love what I do. But the money just helps. That's all. Oh, absolutely! Like yeah, like my the YouTube channel that I have, like like I mean, at some point, my life may get like way too hectic, and I may have to give it up, you know. But I just like I'm already studying nerdy stuff anyway i'm already studying science I, I love science and i love talking about science so like that and you know if i can make money doing that would be awesome but but i would do it for free too because i just love i love that kind of stuff like i like i like talking about it i like learning about it you know so it's like if you can merge those things that's like the the ideal yeah you know what i mean but uh i wonder if i could get a government grant for uh <laughs> parapsychology studies just it all goes to the Ghostbuster crew. <laughs> you never know, man. Like you never know. They they throw money at a lot of stuff. So okay. you never you never know. What 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 are you spending your money on? <laughs> Portable cyclotron on the back. <laughs> Ghost detector. Ghost, Ghost trap. Detector. <laughs> you just gotta call it something different, like you know, electromagnetic field detector or something you know like the emf emf detector i think yeah i don't know electromagnetic field pulse detector. i don't know. I something like was... something like that so let's see what have we been reading and watching well, about you man like well obviously you've been reading the ghostbusters manga um but you'll be talking about that later so is there yeah that's any... mostly it um i've been busy that's so uh, the ghostbuster manga i've been uh, that's mostly what i've been reading lately been reading anything else no nah, i guess not how about how about playing or watching oh yeah well you know i'm still catching episodes of dragon ball super every now and then i we obviously watched or i obviously watched demon slayer the first two episodes today mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i'm definitely enjoying dragon ball super um mandy and i haven't ha- we we hadn't seen a new episode in a few weeks but but uh another episode but we've been like just like you and laura we've been uh watching x-files ah nice um, and I'm not sure when you guys are going to talk about that or if you have yet, but uh, yeah, we've been watching X-Files uh, nowhere near as long, far along as you guys are. We're in season two right now, about the middle. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Scully just got abducted on last episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Mandy's been making me watch Little House on the Prairie and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watch. Uh, they're not bad. Uh, I mom, have a new mom, appreciation. Oh, my mom loved both of those when I was growing up, so I've seen my share of. Well, I shouldn't say she loved Doctor Quinn, but she definitely loved Little House on the Prairie. So I've seen my share of that show. True. 
but I've been mostly busy. I played a little bit of Pokemon Sword the other day because I didn't feel like doing artwork. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, Pokemon Go, I'm always playing Pokemon Go. But otherwise, there's not much of it going on with me. I've been mostly just doing artwork, to be honest. Uh, the ancient presence are get, making me fidgety, and I can't, I can't sit still. Gotta keep doing artwork. Well, it's good. It makes you makes you more productive, I guess. Yeah, it has been. Let's see. Well, <clears throat> so I I talked about this some on last week's episode, which. Apologies to our listeners, by the way. I never did get up the uh, Japan John and Sci-Fi Focus posted, um, but we will. Oh, okay, we will get that up this week for sure. Yeah, that can uh, we can maybe we can save that for. Are we going to do a double one today, or are we going to save that? Uh, no, I guess we'll. I guess we'll save those for another time. Okay. So we already announced what we are sharing today. Yeah, but uh, I did talk some last week about. This book, uh, Axiom's End, it's a science fiction novel. Highly recommend it. Uh, I just finished it yesterday. Read quite a bit over the long weekend, um, the holiday weekend. And uh, yeah, it's just, oh man. So it, it's one of the most interesting uh, first contact stories. And it, it, uh, it takes a very, it takes a different angle. And um, yeah, like it, it explores the how difficult the cultural and linguistic exchanges would be with another species like like how to understand you know and and develop empathy like between species and uh, the two main characters obviously the the main alien and then the main human character develop a bond over the course of the novel and so that's like a the center point, I guess, you know, of, or the heart of the story is, is that relationship, but around it, like you have, you know, how does the government deal with this? And yeah, it's just, but it's, it's interesting. Like it's, it's, it's the nature of the the alien and like how the first contact situations are handled is, is unique. Like it, it has unique elements I'd never heard in a sci-fi story before. So I believe it was Lindsay Ellis's debut novel, and I don't know—I don't think it won the Hugo Award, but I believe she may have gotten nominated for it. So, highly recommend it. So, I just finished that yesterday, as I said. So. Now, I—I I sent you a photo of a comic book called Axiom. It had like some out, outer space planet with a superhero or something on the front. Does that have anything to do with the book? No, no, I, I don't think so. I think just, just checking, just the word, like uh, which I was trying to figure out. Well, what the meaning of the title was like i know what an axiom is i don't know I but really i'm know. not exactly sure what she means by the title so i was trying to figure that out i was like it was probably oh, a superhero named axiom is what i sent you i just saw it on the bookshelf yeah no I, i'm pretty sure that had nothing to do with with the novel like as far as i know but uh but yeah so that's um and then watching obviously you know stranger things season four which i'll be talking about later and uh, let's see, anything else of interest? Not a whole lot else this this past week. Like that's we finished the final two episodes of that, and yeah, I can't think of much else. So, well, I guess we'll get well, into our primary topic for the day 
So let's see. Demon Slayer. All right, I am going to share screen. Uh-oh. You shared a screen. <laughs> shared a screen. That's actually a good pausing point. So we'll, uh, after we come back, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Demon Slayer. So. Worst opening ever. These irreverent nerds wouldn't know anime if it hit them in the face. I am right now, as we speak, writing an angry email to them. I might even leave a voice message. Dear nerds, you suck. Dudes, we're back. Righteous! Righteous! Took a flight between the break. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Actually, I have my own personal transporter pad just over here. Well, I shouldn't say. So I can go to Hawaii whenever I want. It's amazing. Are there dinosaurs over there? Dinosaurs? In Hawaii? (laughs) No, no, no dinosaurs. (laughs) I've not tried to go back in time. Just laterally on this planet so to speak or not laterally i've followed the curvature of the earth to various locations <laughs> anyway no i just thought it'd be a little more visually interesting uh if it looked like i was at the beach <laughs> although zoom gets really weird does really weird things when you try to do these virtual backgrounds like where's my hand no. weird your whole i know disappeared i know it's like here I am. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. All right. I'm gonna, right share, my gonna share my screen here for a minute. Yeah, and I definitely got some some questions for you, my friend, about Japanese folklore and demons. So if y'all can see this Demon Slayer Kimitsi no Yaiba. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. So a family is attacked by demons and only two members survive. Tanjiro and his sister Nesuko, Nesuko, who is turning into a demon slowly. Tanjiro sets out to become a demon slayer to avenge his family and cure his sister. So, Atsuki Hane plays Tanjiro Kamaro. Did you... um? Did you listen to the Japanese with uh, oh, the subtitles? No. no, I know. I watched the dub. Okay, so you heard the voice, I'm assuming, of Zach Aguilar playing the English version, I'm assuming, of Tanjiro. The, title, but, the, the main character? Yes. It, yeah. His voice did sound familiar, but I was having a hard time <clears> placing, <throat> placing where I'd heard it before. Well, let's follow that <laughs> for like one minute. We'll follow that rabbit trail. So he's best known for Demon Slayer, the movie, Mugen Train, Neo Replicant, and Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact. Yeah, I've played Genshin Impact. I might be okay. where I've heard it then. As well as Super Smash Brothers. Super Ultimate. Smash Brothers? Well, what are you playing that? Oh, well, I don't have Ultimate. Uh, I'd like yeah. to have ultimate, but it's not very. It's not a lot of fun when 
you don't have actual real friends to play with in person right there in the living room. It looks like Abby Trot may have done both the Japanese and American uh, dubbed versions. But are you serious? Her, perhaps she's of Japanese descent. They don't have another uh, woman listed for Nizuko. Nizuko. Anyway. Well, Nazuko doesn't really talk a whole lot in the first two episodes. <laughs> this is true. This uh, but is you're true. right. I, mean, I don't know if that. I don't know if that changes. So we um, have only seen. So Natsuki, let's see what else he's been on. Madonna Zero, Dragon Ball Z Resurrection, Starmio. Those are some things he's known for. Ah, he was on Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. Looks like. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Attack on Titan. This dude is pretty prolific, it seems. Oh, yeah, he's been... Oh, yeah, he's been... Man, he's been a busy voice actor. (laughs) Digimon, Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Here we go. That was a video game. Here's one we should cover, Maria the Virgin Witch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> yeah, you can find all sorts of things in Japan. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yep, some things. Ah, oh, he was in Sword Art Online. <laughs> this guy's been in a lot, so so he's uh, quite prolific as a Japanese voice actor. So, go Natsuki. <laughs> I don't think so. Peppa Pig is not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. I'm going to stop totally the share. <laughs> oh, my daughters would love that. <clears throat> Free Paw Patrol stuff. So anyway. <clears throat> so we we start off, uh, memory serves me, with the episode with Tanjiro. And it's pretty early on in the episode, like, <clears throat> I forget why he leaves his home. He like he stays at someone else's house early on. Do you remember the details? Charcoal. Char- they're, very, they're very poor and he's selling charcoal because the father died. Hmm. So he's helping to make ends meet for his yeah. family. So he journeys he's into man of the house now. Journeys into town, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, down the mountain town. And I know I missed a few things in there because like when you got the subtitles, like if you look away for just a oh, second, you're like, you do, you're watching the Japanese. It's like you miss. Yes, I, I did listen to the the original. Uh, well, at least I should. I'm assuming it's the original, but the the Japanese voice actors and uh, with the subtitles. Now, did you also watch the dub or only the Japanese? Only the Japanese. I, I didn't okay, have time to cool, watch both. Cool. So, uh, did they have an option for the English on Netflix? I'm sure they did. Um, I think mine. Either it's the way I had it set up or just the way they default. It, it defaulted to the Japanese audio with uh, oh. with uh, uh, subtitles. I was just wondering because in the one, well, well, the original Dragon Ball and Hulu, I can only watch it in Japanese with subtitles. I was just wondering. I know an English version of that exists. Hmm. I don't know why I can't watch it on Hulu, but like the English Dragon Ball might be on Funimation. You know, it's just confusing. So I was just wondering about the situation with Demon Slayer on Netflix, or if you purposely chose to be a purist and only watch the Japanese. 
I mean, I do normally do that when I watch okay. um, foreign films of, of any type, whether it's live action or whether it's anime. Uh, typically, I, I like hearing the original voice actors, the voice actors cool, in, cool. in the original language that the film was, in a sense, intended for. Because to me, I, I think there's there's emotional context that you you like right. gets lost in translation, so to speak. Um, like even Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, another example you know, I, I watched that with the subtitles back in the day. Like, and uh, so, yeah, I, I typically prefer, prefer that. Cause yeah, I, I think you, I mean, not to mention just the, the simple aesthetic that, you know, their words match the, the mouth more <laughs> closely. True. <laughs> I know they, I know they try to get it close, but then sometimes that messes up the translation and it's just, yeah, you, you miss a few things. I think. That's um, very true. Now I will say there are a couple of, which we'll talk about later, but there were a couple of um, anime films that I did watch the English dub, a couple of the, but they had like did a really excellent job with the English dub. Um, Howl's Moving Castle was one and um, Spirited Away, I think was another, like those two, which those are two of my top three, spoiler, spoilers. (laughs) And why wouldn't they be? They're Studio Ghibli. Exactly. Um. So anyway, um, that's a preview of what is to come. No. So, what do you think of the opening of the of the first episode? You mean the oh, like the uh, opening the opening scene or the opening sequ- sequence? I guess. Well, I thought it started out strong. I think that the series in the first episode starts out strong. Um, I didn't know a lot about Demon Slayer before watching it. Uh, so I really love the fact that it takes place in feudal Japan. I'm actually, I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up, but I'm wondering what century of feudal Japan takes place in, although I would assume the 15 or 1600s. Uh, anyway, I liked it. I liked the opening. Um, I, I was, you know, camping all of his siblings. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, what do you think of the music? The music was pretty, pretty. Uh, it was a big presence there. I feel like, especially in the first maybe five oh, minutes or so of the episode, it was great. Uh, I tried listening to the the uh, theme song for the next episode as well. This the ending song, but uh, I thought they were great. The music in general. Uh, I was listening to the dub. I'm actually wondering how the dub and sub might differ. I think that today, a lot of translated anime actually, the translation teams try to stick to all the original music uh, instead of dumbing it down for children. I think that it's probably probably going to be the same, but I'm actually wondering about that. I did forget that the episode opens up with uh, him carrying his sister like that. So yeah, that was, uh, it did start strong. Yeah. Like it, in a sense, it starts with a very dramatic point and then kind of rewinds a bit and shows you what led up to that. Um, So I think it's typical for anime, but it's a, it's a strong point that it makes. Yeah. So like, let's see here so i have a question down here yes 
what what do you know about the Japanese view of, of demons? Like, because I don't know how typical the presentation of the demons was compared to like Japanese folklore and things like that, or if they took liberties. Obviously, it's different than the idea of kind of the Western Christian concept of demons. Like, absolutely. Well, my understanding. I mean, I'm not a specialist or anything, but what I know about yokai abakimono is that a great deal of Japanese evil spirits, I mean, obviously, like what you said, first of all, they're not like Western demons, but I think that they're more flesh and blood creatures. They're supernatural, but they can, they're mortal in that they can be killed. Uh, it's probably another storm warning. Yeah, it's just another flash flood warning. Um, so yeah, uh, so basically, in a, in the West here, we would just call them monsters, you know. And, and while we were watching, while I was watching this, I was thinking, what kind of yokai bakimon is this, you know? And, and my basic thought was, I couldn't place it, you know. It's they seem more like vampires, like Western yeah. vampires. But uh, when our main protagonist, when he comes home to find his dead family, they say, well, that the, the demons are going to eat them up, but his family's bodies are still there. So I'm not sure, you know, did something scare off the demon or do they just suck blood? Yeah, that was a little yeah. confusing that you mentioned it. Because, yeah, the the... At least in the subtitles that I saw, like when he's warned about them, they call him was man eating demons. Yeah, um, and so it's like, so, so but if he, we'll, yeah, we'll does he just up. does he just drink the blood, like you said, or do they sometimes eat the flesh too? Like, um, so he, I don't. I'm sorry for interrupting. I, I don't think that they're based on any one particular yokai or bakimono, although it could be wrong. Um, although I will say that in Japanese fo- folklore and stories about the yokai that animals such as the shape-shifting cat or the shape-shifting fox aka kitsune will often take the form of a human or something in order to deceive their prey and they will eat them so it could be more like that you know uh that that at least is consistent that uh they they eat their they eat humans so that's about the only link i can really find with uh the yokai the traditional yokai yeah because the the demon that they meet in the second episode is is pretty freaky <laughs> yeah it's like he gets decapitated at one point but then his body continues fighting and then his head grows an extra set of arms yeah, and then starts fun. fighting Dungeon. I was that like, was what? Uh, see, and speaking of, of that, I, uh, well, that's not typical of vampires either. Although they can yeah, transform into a bat. Or it's a really, uh, what's well, really interesting because like he's, he's drinking blood when they come up on him and then later when the sun comes out he 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 literally 
turns to ash. I was like, well, that's definitely a vampire reference. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm thinking these are vampires. And look, this this guy used to be human and the sister becomes a demon. Uh, yokai don't o- operate that way. Uh, you can't just... Uh, in the stories about Bakineko and Kitsune, shapeshifters, they weren't people that became yokai. They were yokai that killed people and then assumed their identity using shapeshifters. Hmm. So in the beginning, I was wondering, well, is this really his sister or is this just a demon pretending to be his sister? But yeah. apparently it was, it is his sister, apparently. So I'm thinking this is definitely influenced by vampires, which is might be more interesting for the Japanese audience. The anime manga, I'm assuming it was based on a manga, was originally created for because, you know, oh, Western stuff, you know, European, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's more interesting than what they're used to ingesting or digesting maybe like castlevania kind of some along those yeah absolutely and legend of zelda um it's because it's foreign to them it's just like how we in america enjoy anime yeah it's different it's exotic well for them we're exotic fair point so, so maybe uh, this is more influenced by vampires than it is by actual Japanese demons. And here it's it's interesting. So, I don't. I wonder if this had something to do with how she was able to resist some of the urges. But Netsuko became a, a <clears throat> demon. Like she got exposed because somehow the the demon's blood or saliva or something got into her wounds, but she was not bit, it, it seemed. Uh, I didn't quite catch that. Something about there was like cross-pollination of blood, but it's it not a not a bite in the, in the traditional sense of like a vampire where like you, you get bit and then you get turned into a... But it was similar, similar to that, right. it seems like. Well, the question is, how does a vampire bite uh, turn someone into a vampire... Uh, I would go to uh, in, in within horror science fiction. There's been a lot more said about zombies. Uh, it's like a virus, uh, like HIV or something that it you can you can get it through uh, blood. Um, but anyway, werewolves, zombies, vampires—they all create more after their own kind um, through biting and I'm thinking that whether you in, in, in not in horror terms not thinking about a curse but more so in science fiction terms uh, that whatever this virus is or whatever whatever it is it's being transmitted through blobuly fluids Just my take. So one of uh, my next note I have here is about <clears throat> it's actually a quote from the demon slayer that Tanjiro encounters in the first episode. And obviously this is a very pivotal encounter for, for Tanjiro. He encounters a demon slayer named I'm sure I'm not pronouncing this right but Gigu Tomiyako. Um, and Obviously, this demon slayer is attempting to kill Tanjiro's sister, who is in the process of becoming a demon. 
and it's a very interesting exchange and encounter. So what, what were some of your thoughts on, on the interactions there between Tanjiro and the, the Demon Slayer? Well, I think it's typical of the culture of Japan to look down on empathy and things like that. As, But then again, I suppose that could be universal, that there are just some kinds of people that think that that's a sign of weakness. I thought that was kind of harsh, but it is true that the main our main protagonist right now does need to man up. Um, I think that he showed a lot of bravery. I think his empathy, this is probably one of those animes, even though the other character thinks, the Demon Slayer thinks that his empathy is actually a weakness, I'm certain as the anime progresses, we're going to see that his empathy is actually a strength instead. Um... Uh, but that might be the mindset of the samurai. Um, I don't know. What hmm. were your thoughts? Yeah, like he he has a quote. The uh, the demon slayer has a quote. It said it, it really struck me when I when I saw it come up, and it it seemed a little random in some ways, but kind of but now kind of taking it more in the broader context of um kind of the philosophy that both this demon slayer and then the kind of the wise trainer that he sends Tanjiro to in the next episode. But uh, Gigu says the weak have no rights. Their only fate is to be crushed by the strong. Yeah. That was in the dub as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was harsh. I was actually wondering if he was actually just testing our protagonist. I've been calling him protagonist because I haven't memorized the names yet. Sorry. But, uh, well, I haven't written down, so I'm cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, quite as simple as Goku. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah, that, that whole exchange is, is interesting because they, they have, see, he comes point. in really fast and then Tanjiro initially is able to avoid he's able to protect his sister from getting getting killed right away like he he rolls off to the side and like i think basically like his hair gets like sliced like the guy's sword yeah, just barely that. misses tanjiro's head and uh and yeah and then all over right there yeah and then they then they get into this this back and very intense back and forth you know about the fate of his sister and there's a little hint and um I don't know if we'll end up watching more of the series or not, but there's a little hint um, towards the end, like after Tanjiro has proven in, proven himself, you know, he comes towards him. And this is where it's obvious he was testing because he, he pretended to stab the sister, but didn't actually stab her. Oh, Cause he right. wanted to, he wanted to see what Tanjiro would do. I missed that actually. Yeah, I did, it looked like he legit stabbed her at first, but then when you see later, like there's no wound, like so he well, pre- he pretended to. At least it seemed when, that way. In the second episode, the demon they fight heals almost instantly, though. That's true. So maybe that maybe that was maybe I misread that, but it did seem like he was maybe testing him a bit because he didn't chop off I her head. So. It's like because initially he was going to just chop her head off, but he didn't do that there. So I wondered if like if that was deliberate. So he comes 
what appears to be a very like an emotion-filled attack but then ego realizes after the fact that it was actually very calculated it's like tanjiro realized that he did not have the the strength or the skill to defeat him one-on-one so like he did a misdirection like where he's like running up and as he's running past the tree he like threw a rock to distract Gigu and as he threw the rock he also with his other hand threw his hatchet and but then ran straight towards Gigu pretending to still have the hatchet and Gigu just knocks him down yeah and then realizes like the hatchet is coming and then like almost it like it it, it like lands the tree like right right here next to his head <laughs> and he's like oh and then he, of course he he narrates what what just happened <laughs> oh like, that reminds me yeah. i've seen speed racer too <laughs> i'm going through this list of all the animes i've watched anyway oh yeah i'm sorry but that, this, that this is something because i know you've seen more anime series than i have so this is something i wanted to ask you about like oh yeah sure. how how often do they just like pull back and have a character kind of narrate with their thoughts like does that happen a lot a lot um uh yeah, yeah, a lot. One of the things I love about manga and anime is that it's really deep and philosophical. I mean, it's not always that way. Dragon Ball is not deep and philosophical, but a lot of the uh, anime um, can be, and that's just something lacking in Western equivalent. What is the Western equivalent? I don't even know. <laughs> it's because it's lacking. Um yeah, I mean, anime sometimes can get kind of deep and philosophical. I mean, it's not going to replace taking a philosophy course or anything, but the characters, they do. They they not only battle each other physically, but they battle each other uh, with their philosophies. Uh, it can be very interesting, very entertaining. Yeah, and there's also an internal battle as well, like the battle oh, yeah. with, with the self. Absolutely. Um yeah, I just thought that, that that's interesting because like um, Gigu stops there and is like thinking through what just happened, but you hear his narration of like, oh, like then he did this and then <laughs> and um, and then he wonders. He's like, I don't know if this is going to be referencing like a prophecy that we find out about later or I've what. Been wondering because like he seems to reference something. He's like, I wonder if because. Because like his sister is turning into a demon, yeah. But she, but she moved to protect him, you know, rather than eating him, as which is what the demons there expected. She moved to protect her brother. Like she defended him against the demon slayer, which surprised him. You know, because he has this very fixed view, it seems, of demons and what demons are like. And you might say he's demonized demons. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. yeah and but that but that makes him wonder like after seeing tanjiro's promise he's like maybe okay. they plural are the but then he doesn't finish his thought uh so I, I'm, I'm assuming that's a clue to something we'll learn later in the series well yeah i've been wondering about that too i'm gonna say either a prophecy or <clears throat> just another flash flood one either a prophecy or maybe there's been similar cases but like a long time ago like some legendary 
thing in the past that happened and they think that this might be a new case. Mm, yeah, that could be too. So I guess let's move on real quick to episode two. Right. Where he he essentially carries his sister for majority of the episode. And they seem to imply that I don't that she's able to change size in the other direction too, somewhat. Like she's able to make herself a little smaller. Ah, they, I think they, so. They imply that a little bit. Like at least he asks her. He he weaves a basket backpack basically and he's like yeah it's like you made yourself bigger earlier can you make yourself smaller and she manages to fit into the the basket but you're not quite sure like i couldn't quite tell if she was able to like shrink or not but he he thought she did so he's like good job and he like pat her on the head like a dog <laughs> yeah well i guess she did <laughs> that was a little, a little funny i don't know she's got some weird powers now that she's part demon or whatever infected uh she i don't know how she she did the reverse ostrich and put her whole body in the ground except for her head so if she can do that i guess she can fit in the basket (laughs) so i do have one question here this is more broadly why do anime characters so often get random randomly angry Maybe maybe it's just a cultural something i'm missing culturally that that would upset a japanese person but doesn't typically upset an american or i don't know what it is but it's just random outbursts of anger like well i need to actually go to japan and meet the people or talk to some japanese people who who are familiar with their own national culture but also speak english uh but from what I can tell, anyway, from anime, is that the Japanese people are very emotional people. Uh, at least when it comes to their fictional entertainment, the characters on screen. Uh, unlike Western entertainment, Japanese entertainment, the characters, uh, they rely on emotion. They're emotionally driven. It's, it's, I think it has something to do with the culture, like you said. It's different. Maybe less emphasis on reason and logic, more on perhaps. I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think they... Which, I mean, the well, Japanese are right. obviously very right. good at, at reason and logic. I mean, just yes. look, at, look at the advances in technology that yeah. they have contributed to over the last 50 years in particular. Um, I mean, robotics, I mean, they're making pretty amazing strides in robotics. True. A little creepy, actually. (laughs) It's like, Uh, it's it's not quite uncanny. Stay away from those robotics. It's not not quite uncanny. (laughs) Yeah, or like the facial movements are still, you know, very stiff. But but some of the other, like, like I I watched this video. I'm not entirely sure if this is a Japanese company. But I know that they are definitely working with advanced robotics. But they showed development over the course of like 10 years from like a robot, you know, a bipedal robot struggling just to walk to like him actually doing parkour. Whoa, really? I, was, I haven't yeah. seen that. I was like, dang, this is crazy. Um, that is anyway. crazy. I think they used one of those robots. I don't know if it was Japanese made, but they used one of those on the Spider Man movie. Oh. One of the Spider Man movies maybe the second one hmm. i don't know first or second one 
No, no, I remember now. I they made one for Walt Disney, uh, either Land or World, uh, to for live performances, so they didn't have to use a real stunt person. Ah, uh-huh. cool. But sorry, just a random thought there. Yeah, robots are crazy, man. <laughs> Wait, robots who talk to you and look look pretty real, but except when they move their mouths and it's fake. So we're uh, sorry to cut you off. We're coming up on the seven minute mark for this segment. So I thought we should probably transition real quick into yeah this, the secondary topic, which is our top three anime films. So let's just. We don't necessarily have to name them in sequential order, but like, what are the three that that you value the most? And um, we can both share lists, and then we can talk a little bit about them before our time. Do you want to go here. first? Sure, sure, I can go first. Let's see. Well, I named two of them already: um, "Spirited Away," being one Studio Ghibli film, and "Howl's Moving Castle." And my number three. Honestly, it's it's a tough one. It's 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 kind of a tie. I almost have to put it at a tie between Ghost in the Shell and and the Dark. I believe it's called the Dark Knight, or no, Gotham Knight. Gotham Knight. Oh, cool. Which what? it's not technically a single film. It's it's more of a it's an anthology. It has five or six vignettes, each of them produced by a different anime director, you know, from Japan. So each one has a little bit different animation style. I believe the same voice actors continue through. So it, it's it is a it is a film, and yet it's not quite in the same category. So I guess I'd have to go with um, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, oh, okay, like, cool. That would kind of round up probably my my top three at this point. How about you? Well, uh, I will not lie. I don't want this to take up two different two different slots when in my mind it should take up just one slot, but <laughs> <laughs> I love me some U2, okay? Hey. <laughs> We've got Pokemon the first movie and then U2 returns. But if I were to choose between these two, it would be the original. Um uh, that's that's one I wa- I rewatched a lot when I was a kid. Um also, I like the Studio Ghibli film, The Cat Returns. Okay. Uh, I just really love the Baron and uh, I forget his name, but the, the fat one, Moon. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I really love. I believe I, wish, I believe I've I believe I've seen that. But I yeah, I don't remember TV the characters. Series. I would watch a TV series about the Baron and uh, um moon or whatever his name is and the crow going around just doing cases honestly Hmm. um i've got a bunch of other things over here but they're not my favorite but i have them i really love ruroni kinchin but that's a tv series this is the motion picture though samurai x motion picture Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say that's my favorite uh i'm just gonna go ahead and say it's something studio ghibli and i don't know which one I'm going to say Princess Mononoke. Hmm. That's my third. And Mandy actually likes that one too. She kept asking me to rewatch it back when we had HBO Max. No, I still need to, I still need to see that. It's good. Yeah. Like I've heard that it's really good. Like that's, that's one that I need to catch up on. Um, Princess Mononoke. Yeah. I'd I'd love to eventually 
I think I've seen at least three or four of the Ghibli films, but I would eventually work my way all the way through the the canon, as they say. <laughs> well, I, I highly recommend anything Studio Ghibli for the most part. I believe I saw it was about planes. Like it was like World War Two took place in World War Two. It was the Studio Por- Ghibli, but Porco I believe it was that no, not Porco Russo. I can't well, remember the name this... of it, but it but it was done. It was after the, the original one. founder died. I think he because he did he passed away, right? Or either that or he left. Oh, was that the CGI one? Yeah, it had CGI in it. Yeah, I haven't seen the CGI one. Like <laughs> I can't think was of the name. Good? Um, I think it was. I, be, I believe cool. I remember it being pretty good. I mean, the animation um, was the animation good. I think so. I think Ooh. so. It, it's, it's, I've only seen it once. It's been a long time out. ago. Um, but yeah, there was... Um... <laughs> now, this is one... It's not one of my favorites just because it's so darn depressing, but it's beautifully done. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies. But so sad. Such a sad well, film. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that, but the name is very familiar. It, it's basically a, about... Um, it takes place in the area that is still recovering from the uh, Hiroshima. I don't know if it's in Hiroshima, oh. but it's nearby in Nagasaki. Yeah, and it's it's basically the the two main characters are a brother and sister that are very young and have been orphaned by the blasts, I think, and they're just trying to survive. It's really sad. Um, that that sounds like a beautiful film, though. Yeah, beautifully tragic. Is that yeah. Studio Ghibli? What is that? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to look it up later. I don't think it is. I, I think it's a little, the style is a little different. But um, no, is it Miyazaki? Is he the the founder of Ghibli? Oh yes, Ghibli. Ghibli. Okay, that's what I thought. So Ghibli, Ghibli. I don't Ghibli. even know. It could be Ghibli. Yeah, I know he either retired or died. I was trying to remember which. But I know they've continued on making films. Studio Ghibli has continued on after his either his death or his retirement. I can't remember which it was. I believe um, he has passed. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that was the case. Um, anyway, but yeah, like those like uh, I believe Howl's Moving Castle was the first uh, Ghibli film I saw. And then Spirited Away, I believe, was the second and uh, I think of the three I mentioned, Spirited Away is probably my favorite of the three. Uh, so if that if I had to pick a number one at this point, it would be that one. Cool, cool. Would Pokemon be that for you? What the number one? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yes, junk food, junk food that you can watch and rewatch over and over again, even <laughs> though it might not be the best thing out there. It's comfort food. So yes. <laughs> hey man, you know. You know, we don't always have to have the, the same justifications that a film critic would have for our favorites. You know, there's like favorites that are like, yeah, I love rewatching this. And then there's favorites that are like, this is so amazing. You know, but do you, would you watch it again? This is my ratatouille. <laughs> there you go. There you go. This is my cheese, grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> well, hey, nerds, we got to wrap it up here. Um, so, hi, this is Cartoonist Will. 
with you today for another Japan Jaunt. On today's Japan Jaunt, we are going to talk about, of all things, Ghostbusters. Those sound effects free to you because I forgot to turn off my text notifications. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters, the manga from Tokyo Pop. That's right. Believe it or not, there are Ghostbuster things in Japan. Now, this is technically me cheating because this comic book, aka manga, sorry, crossed the line there, called it a comic book. Anyway, because this manga did not originate from Japan. It originated in America, Tokyo Pop, using a bunch of American creators. But I just wanted to use the, the excuse that it is a manga, a Japanese art style, to talk about Ghostbusters today. So in uh, Ghostbusters uh, by Tokyo Pop, the title of this book, by the way, is called Ghostbusted, and the creators Yamashita, Johnson, Delk, Lorenzo, Shelfer, Watson, and Steinbeck are the artists on this book. Steinbeck being the cover artist. I might say Shelfer, uh, Michael Shelfer does the uh, bulk of the um, the uh, main plot of this book. But yes, so it's not the same art style all the way through, but it's very nice. The book starts out with a unrelated story in which the Ghostbusters have to uh, help a stage play continue to its finale in order to make money for their client who has called them to get rid of the ghost or to otherwise protect his investment in the play. It is hilarious and involves the Ghostbusters actually siding with and working with the ghost instead uh, in order to come about with a unexpected happy ending for everyone. Now, in the main plot of this book, guess who's back? Back again. That's right. No, I'm sure you didn't guess it. <laughs> From Ghostbusters 2, it is Lenny. Isn't it Lenny? No, that's the mayor. I'm sorry. I'm channeling Ghostbusters 84. It is, uh, well, that's okay because the Ghostbusters don't remember who this guy is anyway. On a certain page, uh, Egon Spangler says, Who are you? And he says, Don't tell me you don't even recognize me. Darn. You ruined my life, and you don't even have the decency to... And he says, wait, Jack Hardemeyer? See, I don't even know or remember Jack Hardemeyer's name. He was the guy from Ghostbusters 2, remember in the beginning? Peter Vakeman, a.k.a. Bill Murray, is like, aren't you a politician? Aren't you supposed to kiss my butt? That guy, yeah, Jack Hardemeyer. By the way, a little freebie for you. In one of the deleted scenes of Ghostbusters 2, right around the time... That the uh, the ooze, the pink ooze covers the uh, the art museum. Uh, one of the deleted scenes is Jack Hardemeyer tries to prove that this is nothing but a light show, so he touches the ooze and it kills him, sucks him in, eats him. Uh, well, at least I assume it kills him. It leaves his smoldering shoes behind. But that's not canon because that scene got deleted. Anyway, um, so Jack Hardemeyer is back. Uh, no longer si serving Lenny, <laughs> the mayor. So my, my apologies for getting getting names confused. Anyway, uh, so he's back, and with a vengeance, I have no idea where he got these blueprints for ghost-busting gear, but he has somehow gotten a uh, version 3 
proton pack and ghost trap equipment. Uh, he sided with some ghosts at an old Shandor building. I don't know what the backstory is there, but there are tons of ghosts living in it. And uh, they build these equipment uh, with the help of a ghost scientist, uh, Egon Spangler's mentor uh, from like MIT or something. And um, they use these to trap the Ghostbusters. Yes, they suck their souls right out of them. Uh, and they trap the Ghostbusters and then hook up their comatose bodies on life support. Sounds a little Return of the Ghostbusters to you. Well, that's okay because... Well, that came out in 07. When did this come out? Anyway, Return of the Ghostbusters was a really good fan film. Uh... Now, you got me wondering which one of these books came out first. In the fan film Return of the Ghostbusters, the villain uses the ghost traps, which he stole in order to suck out the souls of the living. Okay, this is 2008 when it was came out. Uh, it could have lifted that idea from Return of the Ghostbusters uh, by Hank Braxton, uh, but maybe not. Maybe this was actually being made around the same time. It was just a coincidence. Anyway, so... Winston saves the day. Spoiler alert. Um, and Egon Spangler has to make the hard decision on what to do about his mentor. Uh, Jack Hardemeyer, you know, they have to deal with him. What happens to him, you know, wait and find out. Anyway, so uh, the uh, just as the opening of this book uh, book began it, is that is that a thing? Is that a thing? Okay, well... This story, likewise, this this manga, likewise, the book ends it with another standalone story. Maybe my favorite in this book, both the beginning story and end story are a lot of fun, and I think very much worth it, and very much um, in service of the major plot, because the major plot is serious, and these two are just some fun stories, and I think I love them more than the main plot, although Michael Shuffer's Working here, especially on Janine and Egon, are perfect renditions of the character. I mean, Egon's a little young-looking, but I just kind of love the way he draws him. Anyway, so, uh, it bookends with a little story where the Ghostbusters have to take on Gozer's trans brother, I think. <laughs> well, technically, Gozer was a he anyway, and played by a, a woman, so... Anyway... So they're fighting against a fashion uh, fashion designer who is actually the sibling of Gozer. They have to fight high fashion with low fashion and save the city from crippling, crippling possessed clothing. And in the process, Winston opens up his own flight, flight suit store, goes into business. I wonder if that's what he was uh, doing in Afterlife. <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, if you enjoy Ghostbusters, if you enjoy manga, if you enjoy a uh, one-shot manga book, uh, there's only one volume. Tokyo Pop did go out of business, and I should have looked on Amazon or something to figure out where to get Ghostbusters Ghost Busted from Tokyo Pop, but I forgot. So good luck out there. This book originally was $13. It's $12.99 in America, $13.99 Canada. $7.99 in the UK, um, and I hope, since Tokyo Pop has reopened, I hope that you can find this, I hope this is not completely out of print, it is a great book, my only complaint being that uh, they really did not stay on model with the uh, proton pack and ghost traps and PK meter throughout, 
but that that's just a minor complaint. It's a really good book, uh, and I recommend it. Anyway, so that's Ghostbusters, Ghostbusted from Tokyo Pop. Well, anyway, until next time, sayonara. Good morning, nerds. <laughs> so it is morning when I'm recording this. Don't know if it'll be morning when you're listening to it. But it's morning for me, so good morning. This is this week's sci-fi focus, and I am not reading anything this week. This is Extemporaneous, and I'm going to be talking about Stranger Things 4. So, before I jump into that, spoiler alert. <laughs> you probably know by now if you've been listening to the podcast at all, whenever myself or, and or Will and or our guests talk about a TV show or movie, you can almost guarantee they will be spoilers, because I'm like, what's the point in talking about it on a podcast if you're not going to include spoilers, if you're not going to get into all the details, like, why would I just listen to a generic review of something that doesn't make sense to me? So anyway, spoiler alert. <laughs> so just finished Stranger Things 4 last night. My wife and I have gone on the journey together through all four seasons. And honestly, I forget where I heard this, but I thought, like up until this morning, I honestly thought that that was the final episode of Stranger Things. So chapter 9 of season 4 I thought was going to be the final episode. It made my wife angry. <laughs> I I was okay with it. It felt a little unresolved. But I was like, okay. You know, it's like the fight continues. You know, I'm okay with, with films as long as they tie up enough of the loose ends. I'm okay with things being left unresolved and left to the imagination. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm okay with it. You know, the fight continues doesn't have to all be tied up in a nice neat bow at the end of a, a series for me as long as it feels some resolution to the characters journeys but they did leave a couple things open with that that felt a little off and come to find out this morning that there's going to be a fifth season i was like okay okay there's this that does make a little more sense so obviously max is in a coma and they leave you hanging as to whether she'll ever come out of it and you know that's kind of a bummer to end a, a series on like one of the characters is in a coma but you know i was like stranger things is, is pretty darn dark you know people die in this thing so i'm like okay yeah I, I can deal with that um so again if you have not watched the final episode don't listen to this so i already spoiled that part you know max now she doesn't die there's speculation over with well I, technically technically she did die like her heart stopped for a full minute and then 11 telekinetically from across the country restarted Max's heart and 11 was still disappointed that Max was in a coma <laughs> I'm like damn you restarted her heart Ps psychokinetically telekinetically however no however you want to put that from the other side of the country you should be ecstatic that she's still alive. And yet, I, I get it, too. That's her friend. So to see her in a coma, that's that's rough. But yeah, the, the final episode of season four was epic, as you would hope. And, and I come to expect from Stranger Things. Now, the, the one death that didn't necessarily see coming, but didn't surprise me. You know, Eddie dies. 
like I said, spoiler alert. So, but he goes out in epic fashion. Like, he is fighting off at least a hundred of those, I don't know what you call them, vampire bat stingrays <laughs> in the upside down. You know, he's, he's fighting off like a hundred of those. They're like swirling around him, like dive bombing him. And he's like, he's got his garbage can lid with nails driven through it, you know, killing some of them, spearing some, you know, he's just like, it's epic. So he, he's a hero and he, he dies a hero. So I thought that was great. And, and just the cinematography and obviously a lot of it's CGI, but you know, he, his first act of heroism is to cut the connection to the right side up, <laughs> whenever you, you know, the regular world, uh, leaving Dustin on the other side. And he runs out of the mobile home where they were both acting as decoys and he draws away the vampire bat stingrays, draws them away. And so he's riding on a bike. They're chasing him, and then he just stops. And he's, he's, he starts to keep running, and then he remembers how he ran with what happened to Christy. Not that he could have done anything to stop it, but he just felt bad that he ran. So he turns around, and he decides to fight. And he's mortally wounded, and ultimately dies from his wounds. Not before Dustin is able to come and, and be there with him in his final moments. But yeah, it's sad because you've come to to love Eddie throughout the course of season four. Just his quirkiness and, at the end of the day, his his courage. He decides that all these epic fights in D&D that he's been imagining over the years, now he has a chance to fight in real life. And he steps up to the plate. So I love that ending for him. And, like... I also I liked the moment so there's a there's a turning point you know where 11 and by the way my time is coming up here I've got about one minute left so there's a turning point where 11 is tied up you know by one and you're not sure if she's going to be able to overcome it and turns out what she needs is inspiration and she gets that from Mike Mike tells her that he loves her, that he's always loved her, just recounts those things. And it's a touching scene. The actor who plays Mike, I I have to admit, is not one of the most talented actors of the cast. But he fits the series. You know, he's an integral part of the series. And it it works. It works. That gives her inspiration, you know, the power of, of connection and the love of her friends. And then she, along with her friends kicks one's ass <laughs> and it's like you know he's probably still alive but they they beat him pretty good you know and and then of course you know it's epic like steve throws a molotov cocktail at him and then oh dang i can't think of her name right now steve's steve's friend from the video store ah oh, i feel terrible i can't think of her name she throws a Molotov cocktail, and, you know, it's like epic slow motion, 80s rock music playing. And then, of course, Nancy, like, advancing like a boss with a sawed-off shotgun, shoots him, like, four times, and he falls out of the window 
on the second or third story of the house down to the ground. And it's like, you know, he might be dead. But then they come back out and his body's gone. So you're like, ah, oh, he's probably not dead. And then, of course, they confirm that at the end. And then you see him coming out into the real world. So my time is up. I'm just, I'm just this epic. Uh, if you haven't started watching season four yet and you don't have Netflix, like, hey, it's worth subscribing for a month. Seriously. Like, you, you would pay about as much as you would pay for a movie ticket to subscribe for a month and not only do you get stranger things but you get other good content too of course on netflix but yeah check it out it's it's epic it's awesome now that now that i say that if you're listening to this still you you probably have already seen it (laughs) so hey uh, tell me what you thought about it did you like the ending of season four were there things you hated about it were there things you were ambivalent uh let us know through the nerdverse you know we're on instagram of course at irreverent underscore nerds you can dm us there uh comment on the vid or leave us a actually what i'd really love is if you left me a a voice message left us a voice message we can include it in next week's episode so please do peace fellow nerds nerds thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode so follow us on instagram at irreverent underscore nerds or on facebook we have a fan page there simply called the irreverent nerds we have a little bit of content up on our youtube channel simply called the irreverent nerd also if you go to our home dashboard so the website is anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd you can support us for as little as 99 cents a month 4.99 a month or even 9.99 a month as we have said before, if you support us for $9.99 a month, Will will come to your house and give you a hug and a kiss. <laughs> uh, but no, you can also send us a voice message on that page as well, which we will include in the following week's episode. So, please follow, like, subscribe, all those different things, whatever podcast app you choose, and let us know what you think. You know, do you hate our podcast? Do you love it? Do you think it could improve? Just let us know. We'd appreciate the feedback. Until next time, fellow nerds, live long and prosper.